Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Church, Jesus left heaven for you and me, even though really he didn't have to, but he did it because he loves us. Church, do we understand that tonight? For God so loved the world that he gave of himself to come as a baby. To live on this earth. And to go to the cross. To go to the cross for our sins, for our sickness, for our tribulations. He paid the ultimate price for you and for me. So tonight we take communion to remember what He has done. What Jesus has done for us. It says, Surely He was born our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And He was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we are healed. So church, let's take a minute to remember what He has done for us as He defeated the grave, defeated death for you and for me. Father, as we receive these communion elements, we worship you. We're grateful for you, for who you are and what you've done. And we thank you for it. Your word says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken. For you do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Let us drink. Church, let us stand and continue to worship the Lord this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands toward heaven.
Father, we give you all the glory tonight, for you alone are worthy of all of the glory and all of the praise. And how appropriate is it for us this evening, Lord, just to take this time and to acknowledge that you are the King of kings, the gracious King that gave your best to us. And so, Father, tonight we worship you from our hearts and we thank you for your graciousness and your goodness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, turn around and tell your neighbor, God is good all the time. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you very much. You all look absolutely marvelous tonight. It's so good to be here with you. And of course, we give God all the praise. And I want to give my wife a shout out of praise, because if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here tonight. And uh, I love her. I want to give a shout out to my church, because uh, this has been a real miracle year for us, and we're so grateful that we get to do this, and and, uh, we continue to have the opportunity to praise God. Uh, I want to share with you briefly this evening from probably what has been called the golden text of the Bible, and uh, it's a recount of a conversation that Jesus had with a uh, a religious leader, and uh, Nicodemus, he was a a member of the Sanhedrin, he was a part of the ruling elite of the time, but God had touched his heart just as he's touched our heart, and Nicodemus was looking for for clarity, and he was looking for, uh, to, to get some answers from Jesus, and so he, he had some questions for Jesus, and Jesus responds to him. And uh, I want to look at one verse this evening in the short time that I have, and it's a verse that has been called the, the golden text of the Bible. And as I've looked at it uh, and reviewed it, I can certainly uh, affirm, at least in my heart, Uh, why it has been called the golden text of the Bible. It's John chapter 3 and verse number 16. Let me read it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Pastor Jason quoted it already this evening and, and it's such an appropriate passage of scripture for us to look at at this time of the year. And I want to just take a few moments and break it down and help us to see the appropriateness of this text during this Christmas season and especially this evening on this Christmas Eve. I want to break it down the seven major parts of this and the first is God. I mean even though everything begins with God. And 
what I like about this passage is that it helps to clarify for us what God is truly like. You know, a lot of times people study uh, sections of the Bible or they'll study uh, the Old Testament and um, they get a perspective uh, and sometimes they may get a perspective of God that leaves them feeling as though that, uh, that he is harsh or that he's hard. But if we look at the entire Bible, at the Bible its entirety, uh, it gives us a revelation of what God is really like. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, the scripture says that the creation was made subject to futility. In other words, what that means is it means useless, futile, lacking content, uh, empty. You know, it's why a lot of people get off track in life. Really, the reason that the creation was made subject to futility is so that we as human beings would search out the Creator who desires to reveal himself to us. And that's really what the, the intent of that was. And the scripture, uh, the scripture reveals to us, uh, as we turn to the New Testament, and we see what our Father, what God is, is really like. Jesus says this to us in John chapter 14, verse 9 and 10. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so we have to, you know, look beyond what we may see happening in the Old Testament times. Where God was working forth his plan. God was working to, to bring into this earth his, his begotten son. And if we're going to get a fuller revelation of what God is really like, Jesus said, when Philip asked him what the Father is like, Jesus said, I've been with you for such a long time now, Philip, and you ask me what the Father is like? And Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And I think that's so beautiful, and I think that's why it's so important that, uh, you know, recently I had the privilege of leading someone to the Lord. And I always point them to the Gospels. You know, I don't tell them, go start reading the book of Numbers. You know, <laughs> you know go, go, go read the book of Job, you know. There's some things that we can learn there. But, you know, when people are starting to walk, you know, you start them and you give them something that is going to be able to minister substance and meet the immediate need that they have in their life. And so if we're going to find out what God is truly like, we, we need to turn to the Gospels and we need to look at the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus said this, Jesus says, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you don't come from me, but the Father lives in me and he does the work. So it all begins with God. A lot of religions come up with ideas of what they think is God is like. But if we really want to 
truly see what God is like, we, we need to understand that God patiently was working his plan ultimately to bring his son into this earth, that babe in the manger, so that he could, uh, he could reach us where we are and our lives could be changed. So it begins with God, God, and the next part of this verse, John three sixteen, tells us God so loved the world, so loved the world. That's the whole human race, every person on the face of this earth. Isaiah 45 and verse 18 tells us that, thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. In other words, God says, I didn't create, none of my creation was created in vain. God did not create you in vain. God so loved you. He valued you. God so cared about you. He didn't intend for this earth. You know, we look forward to Christmas as we as we look at the consummation of the ages, when, when God will wrap up this age as we see it and we'll enter into a, a brand new age. But we understand that, that that's always been God's plan. It never was his plan that things would be done in vain, that our, any life would be in vain. It's Satan who blinds the minds of people that don't believe. The Bible tells us so it tells us that he blinds people's mind. He is, the biggest thing that he can do is continue his smear campaign against the true nature of God. And that's why what we do is what each and every one of us do. We're talking about this theme of light, letting our light so shine. Because the world is desperate to, to truly see what God is like. Because when people see what God is like, I'm convinced, you know what? They're going to run not from him, but run to him. The Apostle Paul tells us, he says, This is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptance. And that means to come to believe something, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am a chief. He said, For this reason I obtained mercy, that in me Jesus Christ might show long-suffering, a pattern for those who are going to believe on him. Paul, you know, we think of him as a great apostle, a great teacher and a preacher, the one who, you know, wrote about three-quarters of the New Testament. But Paul looks back before that transformative change that happened in his life to who he was and how far from God he was. You know, many of us think, well, I've done such terrible things but not many of us could uh, sit in Paul's seat where he actually murdered Christians, not just bad people. You know, he just wasn't part of the mafia or something. He was out killing Christians. And God said, my life is an example. What is God really like? He so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. That's how much he loves the world. You know, we give gifts at Christmas time. Uh, recently, we had the privilege of hosting 
a, a young couple from Saudi Arabia. And Pam met them at the mall in Pittsburgh. And Pam can strike up a conversation with anybody. And uh, she began a conversation uh, with this lady. And she was uh, uh, Arabic. And she was totally covered. And Pam began to talk with her. And she began to open up. And they began to ask, what is... What do all these lights mean at this time of the year? This was around Thanksgiving time. What's the reason for all these lights? What's all the wrapping for? And you know, why do people why do people give give gifts? Well, it's an expression. Giving gifts is an expression. We explain because we love, we give. And God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. You know, for For this reason, Jesus was sent into the world. Jesus said, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said, Father loves me because I'm going to lay down my life for you. That's how much Father loves you. And he loves his son, Jesus, because of what he's done. God gave, and the Bible tells us, how magnificent God's gift to us was his only begotten son. His only begotten son. That's how much God loved the world. You know, uh, he sent him specifically to this earth. We see Jesus in the manger. And we, we, we see all the beautiful Christmas story. But the reason that God sent him into this earth was to go to the cross and to take your place and my place. Uh, as I was preparing to come down this evening, I ran across this. I don't know if Steve and uh, Mindy Moss are here tonight, but they had sent a they sent a card to us, and it's a picture of them with their young son, and they're kissing him. And I thought, what an adorable picture that is! You know, look at the the extent of the love that they have. But you think of the father, you know. And, Pastor Jason and I have talked, you know, I've got one son, he's got one son, and seven daughters. (laughs) Now, he values all his children the same, we know that. But, you know, when you're willing, (laughs) when you're willing to give the best that you have, you know, that shows the value, the value that God placed upon you and me. For God so loved the world, the Bible says, that he sent his son Jesus on a mission, on a mission to die. He gave his only begotten son, the Bible says. He became flesh and blood so that the scripture says, so whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, and and that's, that's why that was Jesus' mission. He came into this earth to give his life, to die, so that whoever believes in him. And the word believes, the Bible even qualifies what it means. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. So what does it mean to believe? It means to receive. See, believing means to receive. There's a divine exchange that happens. Uh, when we believe on Jesus, 
That means we believe all that he came to do. We believe that he, that he took our sin. We believe that, that when he died on the cross, he paid the debt that we could never pay so that a great exchange could take place, so that we could be delivered from the power of Satan. And finally, the scripture tells us, so that we should not perish, so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. Perish means to live eternally separated from God. You know, many of you know my story, that uh, my incident I had on September 24th that's in the local newspaper in Lewiston, Maine today on the front page. But, you know, had I not been raised up on that day, um, I never lived in fear of death. And no believer should ever live in fear of death. Because the Bible gives us this assurance that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there are many of you here that have lost loved ones and they've died in the Lord. And you have the assurance. You have the assurance that they are they're having a wonderful Christmas tonight. Now, I'm not ready to leave. And, uh, but... Um, but the scripture tells us that whoever believes in him would not, whoever believes in him should not perish, should not perish. And the word perish means to live condemned, separated from God, eternally separated from him. What a terrible thing that is. And it doesn't have to happen to any person. That's why it's important that we share the good news and finally, the last part of this verse says, but have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. That's what it means to be born again. It means to partake. It means as an exchange takes place, that the life of God comes on the inside of you, and God changes your life. And it's because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, though he die, shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. Could we pray tonight? Father, I just thank you tonight, Father, as our hearts are uh, so grateful for all that you've done. That, Father, your word says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I thank you today that for, the, for that person tonight who is perhaps questioning and wondering and not living with the certainty that you desire for them to have. I pray that this evening, Father, that they will say that simple prayer. I receive you, Jesus. I receive the life that you give. I receive all that you've come and have provided. And I thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... We're going to continue to honor the Lord this evening through our giving. I believe you received uh, envelopes as you came tonight. The scripture tells us in Psalm 96 and verse number 8, Give to the Lord the glory, do his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. When I ask the ushers if you'll come forward this evening and as we pray. Father, we just thank you that 
we can continue to worship you this evening, Father, through our gifts. Father, I thank you tonight that you are our source. Father, part of the gift that Jesus has given to us is to be our source, to meet every financial, every need we have in our life. Father, I pray increase over every person here tonight. I pray the blessing of the Lord as we look forward to a new year. We look forward with great hopeful anticipation and the confidence of knowing that God is our source. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers. Father, we thank you for your many, many blessings. God, we thank you that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And tonight, Father, I thank you that you reward every home, every household. Father, thank you for your presence. Father, your presence that floods our homes throughout this coming year. Father, may the peace and the joy and the provision and, Father, the goodness of heaven flood every life, every family, every home. Father, we thank you that you are light and we shall live in the light of your love. Father, we shall live our days in the fulfillment of what you've promised to us. And Father, we thank you. Thank you that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and you add no sorrow. For all this, we give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' matchless name, and everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.